Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know what? This, this month we're talking about probably one of the most important things you'll ever have to deal with or you want to come to grips with, and that is knowing and feeling the love of God. Now, we're starting this out, though, talking about connecting to the heart of God because the real truth is so many people struggle with knowing the dynamics of a relationship, knowing the dynamics of what it takes to keep a relationship alive. And, you know, this is not only going to help us in experiencing God's love. This is going to help us in giving and receiving love to the people around us, the people in the relationships that we value. So get ready. This is going to be great. You're going to have to spend a lot of time reviewing this because I'll tell you, when it gets down to love, we're getting down to uh, what can give you the greatest feelings of safety and joy or what can pose the greatest threats of fear and pain. So you want to get this right. So stick with me. It's going to be an incredible series. I'll be back in just a few minutes. You know, I've got a great free gift for you this month. It's a message called The Extravagant Love of God. I want to tell you something. I want you to get saturated in how much God loves you because then you're going to fall in love with Him and your life is going to work the way it's supposed to. You know, today we're talking again about connecting to the heart of God. My message today is the object of God's affection. And I want you to know something. You are the object of God's affection. But if you know anything about relationships, if you've been in many serious relationships, you know that just because there's passionate love between two people, that does not mean that everything really works out the way it's supposed to. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm wanting to take you to the place of knowing and feeling God's love because that is the deep need of a human being. Your healthy spiritual life and even your healthy physical and emotional life all depend on your capacity to experience, to receive, and, and to give love in relationships. So, you know, I want to help you grasp the dynamics of relationships, the risk and the failures. I mean, I mean, excuse me, the risk and the, and the potential for pleasure. Because if you don't know those things, if you don't know how to navigate those things, I'll tell you, you'll, you'll find yourself, uh, getting relationships, getting hurt, even in your relationship with God. And God loves us perfectly. But many times in our dynamics uh, and what we think about relationships, we end up getting hurt. Now, it's never God hurting us, but we end up hurting ourselves and blaming God. You know, that's what the book of Job is all about. You know, it's amazing how many bad sermons are, are preached out of the book of Job because the first 38 chapters of the book of Job is Job rambling on in his self-righteous unbelief, even though, even though he was a good man. He had a misconception about God, and when, and, and when you have misconceptions, then you experience the pain that those misconceptions bring as if, as if they're really caused by what you think they're caused by. In other words, if you think God's hurting you, then even though He's not, it's going to hurt your attitude toward God. It's going to hurt your relationship with God. So every loving relationship has potential pitfalls. And I want to help you avoid those. And like I said in the introduction, this is not only going to help you in your relationship with God, this is going to help you incredibly with your relationships of other people. 
Now, last week, we touched on this concept of the fear of the Lord. I want to go there because, uh, you know, many people today are either doctrinally think that they understand grace and they understand freedom, so they won't even talk about anything that, where the word fear is mentioned. They won't even talk about responsibility because they, 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 they don't know how to work that into their doctrine. But it's in the Bible. We can't avoid it. But we just need to properly understand it, properly understand what God says. Now, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that the first and the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your mind, all your strength, you know, all of your being. Now, we the church really should be the masters of love. We should know more about, about how to have loving relationships than any people in the world. But you know something? We don't. The church has done and amazingly, after Jesus came and showed us the love of God in every dimension, you know, there's not a dimension that Jesus left untouched in modeling and teaching and showing us what love looks like in real life. And But even after all of that, we still do the same thing that the Hebrews did. We take everything that God told us about how to relate to him and to the world in love, and somehow we managed to twist this around to some kind of legalistic, ritualistic concept that has, that has nothing to do with love, that is not relation-based, and it becomes abstract and, and legal. Now, uh, we do have a legal contract with God. I want you to understand that. That's very important. We have the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the inheritance that God gave him in his last will and testament. And because he obeyed God all the way till the end, and uh, then, then that will cannot be contested. But because he's risen from the dead, he ever oversees that and ever enforces that. Not, not that God would change it. And that's not the point. The point is... Uh, what Jesus obtained for us in the last, in his last will and testament is absolutely unchangeable. And so we have that as a legal contract. But you know something, knowing the, the terms and benefits of a legal contract is not the same thing as being motivated by love. It's not the same thing as being in a relationship. Uh, you know, a legal contract, getting married, legally getting married does not mean that you're in love. It doesn't mean you're going to stay in love. So since love uh, at, at its core is expressing value, preciousness, high regard, then it has many dimensions. And people who have not made love their top priority and who have not really committed their life to walking in love very seldom discover or move into those dimensions. And they always end up lacking in their relationships, even in their relationships with God. You know, there are what I call, I don't know that the Bible calls them this, but there's what I call first laws of kingdom living. And most of the first laws of kingdom living are truths that I lifted out of the parables that Jesus taught. Because, you know, one of the things I realized in Jesus' teaching, there would be many times Jesus would say, before you do that, do this. And in other words, he established priorities. 
And in his teaching, you're able to understand some of the priorities of having a relationship with God, some of the priorities of kingdom living. Well, among the first laws of kingdom living is the pearl of great price. Now, the pearl of great price uh, tells us a story, uh, you know, about someone who, who, who finds a treasure and they go sell everything they've got to get this treasure because that's what they value. And basically, the first thing that we learn from the pearl of great price, when it comes to walking with God and kingdom living, the first thing is we have to want this more than we want anything else. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't be born again. It doesn't mean our sins aren't forgiven. It just means kingdom living. And kingdom living is where you, you are accessing and experiencing all the dimensions and all the provisions that God has given to you in the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of, of living in His kingdom, as a citizen in this kingdom. But the, one of the first laws is you've got to want this more than you want anything else. If you want something else more, then you will pursue that more than you will pursue kingdom living, more than you'll pursue a relationship with Jesus. So, but I always use this thing about the pearl of great price to describe what happens in marriage. And, and you can say this happens in any relationship. You know, in marriage, uh, uh, when, when you stand there taking your wedding vows, you are declaring your spouse, your new spouse, to be your pearl of great price. I am giving up everything else for you. And if that day and that time you mean it and both people are coming together and the reason it's crazy love, passionate love, exciting love in the beginning is because both parties usually are kind of uh, to a great degree or maybe maybe completely uh, living that, that commitment of I want you more than I want anything else. I'm giving up all my other freedoms. But I always tell them, and I, and I always share this in my weddings that I do, which I don't do many. I always tell them, the problem's going to be one day you're going to wake up tired, feeling bad, or you're just going to be selfish or whatever. And you're not going to consider your spouse's needs. You're not going to put them ahead of your needs like love actually does. And you're going to do something selfish where you treat them in a way that they are not special. Now remember, love is about that other person being special, being valuable, being held in high regard. And so usually what happens once you do that, first of all, something changes in your own heart. And you start viewing yourself differently in that relationship and you start viewing them differently. Now when, you're, when you do this in a human relationship, that other person gets hurt and then they start having to guard their heart and because they don't want their heart to get hurt. Well, you know, Jesus told us that the reason, the real reason people end up in divorce is hardness of heart. And that hardness of heart starts the day that one or the other acts selfishly and begins to uh, not treat the other person as special. So, you see, if we have, if something is special to us, we handle it with care. We take, take extra precautions to avoid damaging that which is so valuable to us. And at the end of the day, if we're not cautious with a relationship, it's, it's not truly a relationship of love. It may be uh, meeting some other need in our life, but it's not truly love the way God defines love. Well, first of all, I want you to know, you are the object of God's affection, and God is always treating you like the pearl of great price. But the question is, are you always treating 
him like your pearl of great price. Don't go away. I'll be right back. We're going to talk about how this connects us to the heart of God. You know, there is nothing more important for every aspect of your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life, than knowing and feeling the love of God. Yes, I said feeling. I'm not talking about just having information, just quoting verses. I'm talking about experiencing a connection with God that you can feel. When you feel the love of God, many things just change in your life effortlessly. Number one, when you feel the love of God, your self-worth is transformed and you start experiencing and having this sense of incredible value that God has for you. Second thing that happens when you're experiencing the love of God is your faith explodes because faith works by love. In other words, the more you experience God's love, the more you trust Him. And when you experience God's love, you're going to find that you will effortlessly uh, show love to other people because when you are knowing and experiencing God's love, it just comes out of you. This is going to be one of the most important series you've ever had. Now, I want you to remember, you are the object of God's affection. Everything that God tells us that we should do uh, to, to walk in love toward Him is because that's the way He walks in love toward us. So I'm telling you, uh, these things that God says, every time God tells us something about us loving Him or us, like in this case, uh, uh, making the kingdom and kingdom living Him, and then the king, our pearl of great price, that's because God has already made you His pearl of great price. This is so incredible. Now listen, you know, we, we, and we talked about this on, on, about the fear of God. The fear of God is not the fear of God hurting you. We talked about this last week. First John 4, 18 shows us that love and fear are mutually exclusive to the degree that either one of them emerges, the other is driven out. So I'm telling you, just like John says, if you're afraid that God's going to hurt you, it proves that you do not believe that he completely and perfectly loves you. Now, love trust. And people who are struggling with faith, either, either they're trying to fulfill a, a, a religious definition of faith, or they're not fully convinced that God loves them perfectly because, because faith works by love. In other words, it works by the love that God has for you. You know, one of the, thing you'll, one of the things you'll never do when, when you believe someone will hurt you, you will never trust them. Or if you do, you'll never completely trust them. So let's look at what fear is from a biblical perspective. And it talks about the fear of God. Fear of God is to hold God in an awe or respect. It's not the fear he's going to hurt you, but it's to, it's to hold him in awe and respect. And see, remember, this is one of the dimensions of love. If I love somebody, I hold them in awe. I hold them in respect. And that leads me, like in the case of God, to the, to the place of worshiping him. Now, I don't worship my wife, but I tell you this, I do everything I can to try to make her feel special, to make her feel valuable. But the most interesting dynamic of this, and this comes straight out of, out of uh, how, uh, how Hebrew scholars look at this concept of the fear of God, it's the fear or the concern about breaking the heart of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Not many people have a concept that God has the same kinds of emotions. He's not led by his emotions. See, the Bible says that he changes not. Thank God he doesn't change every time we break his heart, every time we hurt his heart. But we have to realize if this is really a relationship, then God has feelings and those, and his heart can be hurt just like our heart can be hurt. You know, 
We need to compare our relationship with God to a relationship with the most valuable people in our lives and see if they kind of look the same. You know, for example, if uh, what do you feel when you're away from the person that you value the most for a while? I mean, are you sitting there thinking, oh, no, I, I, I have guilt. I'm afraid that when I go back, they're going to beat me. They're going to hurt me. And, you know, no, absolutely. People don't feel that. When you're in a loving relationship with somebody, you miss them. You have positive an anticipation. You have a longing about being back with them. Well, this means that if, if, if I feel this in a relationship with a human being, but I don't feel this in my relationship with God, then obviously I have a religious relationship with God more than I have a loving relationship of God. You know, uh, many times when I'm teaching on the love of God, I'll use it, I'll, I'll tell a story, you know, about, and I'll ask people, okay, let, let's say that suddenly you had to work and, and you had to go out of town for, uh, and you had to work maybe for a couple of months and you were working 12 hour shifts and you had to do, it. you had no choice and you were working seven days a week and you didn't have time to call home. You didn't have, there wasn't, there just wasn't time or, or when you did get a chance to call home, you were so tired, you couldn't put any emotion in it. And so finally, the time comes that this job runs out and you know you're going back home to be with that person that you cherish more than anybody else. And so the question is this, when you meet that person, when you see, or even when you're driving home, you know, what are you going to be feeling? Man, I remember when I used to go, go to the mission field, stay gone for weeks or even a month at a time. I got news for you. When I was flying back across the world and across the continental United States, I wasn't in dread and I wasn't in fear and I wasn't in guilt. I was in anxious anticipation, positive anticipation of being back with my wife, of holding her, of kissing her, of talking to her, of looking into her eyes. Well, then I would ask the question, Let's take that same scenario. You're off working. You have no choice. You're working a contract, a 12-hour-a-day contract for seven days a week. You're exhausted. You're tired. You don't get to crack your Bible. You don't really get to pray. You don't really get to commune with God. And then suddenly you're coming back home, and now you know I'm going to have an, I, I need to reconnect to God. What are you going to feel? Well, you know what? Most people are feeling dread. They're, they're like, well, 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 you know, is he going to accept me? Is, is, is it going to be all right? They're feeling guilt. They're feeling shame. They're feeling separation and, and, and anxiety. Well, why would you feel that way in a loving relationship with God, but feel differently in a loving relationship with somebody that's truly, truly precious to you? If we are not having similar emotions in our relationship with God as we do in the relationship with a true love, then it tells us that our relationship with God is largely religious and not really so much about love. Now, remember, the Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. And so the, the, the thing here is you can't beat yourself into loving God. You can't condemn yourself into loving God. Uh, you falling more deeper in love with God and becoming more real is all about you discovering and connecting to how much He actually loves you and how he feels about you. You know, love has a cautious aspect to it. If you love your spouse, what are some of the things that you, you would never do or that you would be sure to do to avoid breaking his or her heart? Well, you know, one of the things for sure, you would never be unfaithful. So if I, if I really love somebody, I don't want to break their heart and I don't want to run a risk of damaging or losing this relationship, 
And some people say, well, I believe in one saved, always saved, or, or God's going to love me no matter what I do. I know that's true. You know, whatever you believe about that, though, has nothing to do with your capacity to have a relationship. When you're unfaithful to God, it does something in you. Just like if you were unfaithful to your spouse, even if they never knew it, it would change something and you would change your ability to have a loving relationship. If you're in a relationship with somebody that's really precious to you, one of the things you'd do is you would probably put forth an effort to communicate, to share your life, to talk about your dreams. You'd probably try to find ways to have fun together. I know one of the things you'd do is you'd really make time for one another. You'd be careful how you talk to and about him or her because, you know, you don't talk bad or run risk or talk rudely when you're when in your heart and mind you're considering somebody precious. So not only do should we be relating to God that way, the great thing is God's relating to us that way. Remember, we're the bride of Christ. He loves us like a husband loves his wife. He does everything that he can to demonstrate incredible love. Now listen, real quick before we run out of time, I want to talk to you about a verse from the uh, Song of Solomon. Now, the Song of Solomon is a, is a book about, according to ancient Hebrews and according to almost all, even New Testament scholars, this is a book about God's love for His people. Now, one, one of the problems with uh, Song of Solomon is it, it doesn't translate well into uh, uh, the, the English language. You know, the English language is more of a scientific language. But, but listen, this, let's, let's just read this verse real quick like, this is from Song of Solomon's, Solomon, chapter 4, verse 9. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with, with one link of your necklace. <laughs> that, that's pretty incredible. Now, I know one of the things that we've got to be asking ourselves is this. Can God have those kinds of emotions? Well, any emotion we can have, God can have, because after all, we were created in His likeness and image. You know, you look at Jesus and His life and ministry. Jesus wept over Israel. Well, now, if He's the perfect, exact representation of God, then God can weep. God can have those same emotions. Remember, we're created in the likeness and image of God. If we want to understand the heart of God, we need to understand our own heart. And if our heart can be broken, God's heart can be broken. Not in the sense where he becomes dysfunctional because, because he abides in perfect love. Nothing can take him to that place. And because he abides in perfect love, he will never, ever, ever change toward us. But you got to remember something. Emotionally, God is taking the same gamble to love us that we take when we're willing to love somebody else. I mean, stop and think about it. Man, love, love is the greatest thing you've ever experienced, and sometimes it's the most fearful thing that you've ever experienced because it makes you vulnerable. To the degree you open up your heart, you are completely vulnerable. Now, in this, in this, uh, th this passage here, he, there is a word that is used in our phrase that says, you, you have ravished my heart. Now, in the Hebrew, this is one of the most beautiful and at the same time one of the most frightening and heartbreaking words that there is because this comes from a word which, which first of all, it's, it's a word that has to do with two hearts coming together. And so this is a picture of God's heart connecting to us. And what's interesting about this word, about these two hearts connecting, is also the same word that means to peel 
or to skin the bark off of a tree. Now, that's an incredible thing because, so what this is saying here about God's love for us, he's saying of his beloved, and we are his beloved, that his heart is, is connected to ours. And his heart is ravished just by one glance of his beloved. And he hopelessly fall, has fallen in love with us. But the truth is, this gives the beloved the capability of literally stripping the bark, which in a human sense would mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strip the hard shell that's around my heart to protect it. I'm gonna make myself vulnerable. But I'll tell you something else. It also would be in the human sense like, making it possible for you to peel my skin off while I'm, while I'm breathing and while I'm alive. I want to tell you something. We don't like to believe that we could hurt God that much. And we're just in denial about it. Because if we're in a relationship, a love relationship with God, then the real truth is we can hurt Him as deeply as anybody can hurt us. Listen, I'll be back with the mentoring moment. We're going to talk about putting this application. Don't go away. Knowing and feeling the love of God is going to be one of the most important series you've ever heard. I'm telling you, there's going to be hours of teaching that's going to connect the dots on you and show you how to walk this path so that the love of God isn't something you just think about or quote scriptures about. It's what's driving your life. I hope you're making plans to join me in Huntsville, Alabama for Impact World Changer Weekend. You know, every year our world changers come here together. We just have a big celebration. We enjoy God. We have incredible worship. We have incredible special music and we have an incredible word of God. And I'll tell you this year, I'm going to be talking about the ultimate revelation, the ultimate manifestation of God. I'm telling you, this is going to be something that's going to open your eyes in ways that are just going to stabilize your faith and stabilize your life and open your eyes to more aspects of God's goodness than you ever imagined. So be sure July 14th through the 16th plan to be here. Now listen, there's no registration fee, but because of limited space, you have to register. And if you've never been to one of these, uh, be sure and make it to this one. And if you've got friends that you want to bring with you as a world changer, you're welcome to bring your friends as long as they're all registered so we can have enough room because it's going to be a party. You're going to have a great time. I want to see you here. So the whole mentoring moment about this Am I treating God like someone who is precious to me, that so, so, like my relationship is valuable? Am I holding him in high regard? But also, am I relating to God like someone who has feelings or have I created an abstract religious concept of God? You know something? I believe everybody needs to hear this, so be sure now and click the like button because people don't know this stuff. They need to hear it. Click it right now so that we can get this out to thousands more people. Now listen, if, 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 if God's heart can be broken, then I need to ha have a relationship with Him where I am as treating His heart as precious as He's as he's treating mine. And God's always treating my heart in a, just like the pearl of great price, just like I am more precious than anything else. That's why he gave Jesus to come and give his life for us. If I want to have this heart connection, it can't just be like God is some robotical being, like God is some abstract spiritual being that has no feelings. It's time to get real. I'm telling you, I've had people get angry about this. I've had people get upset with me. I've had people write me, how dare you tell me that I could hurt God? Well, you know what? Usually those are people who are in sin 
that just don't want to own it. You know, today, the latest, one of the latest religious concepts is that repentance has, you know, is not for the New Testament believer. But remember, repentance is changing your mind. You know, if you're treating your spouse someone, you love your spouse and you start realizing that you're hurting them, you change your mind about how you're going to uh, uh, treat them. And I don't know about you, but I'm usually going to have true sorrow. Now, we can't make sorrow uh, a requirement for repentance because repentance is just changing your mind. But I want to tell you something. Repentance that's driven by legalism is just going to be, I'm going to go through these steps. It's a formula that I'm going to work. But repentance that's driven by love, that's coming up because I realize, I realize not only the pain that I'm causing in my own life, I realize the pain that I'm causing in God's heart. And I know for me personally, when I recognize that, I, I feel sorrow. Now, I know God's not making me feel sorrow. And, and sometimes I even feel shame about my foolishness. God's not making me feel shame. And I'm not going to stay there because I'm going to accept God's love. And God's, I'm going to accept the forgiveness He's already given me in Jesus. And I'm going to reconnect to Him in fellowship. And I'm going to get back to that place where I'm sensing the object of His affection. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.